Welcome to Leading from Alignment, a weekly podcast from Converge Coaching, where our passion is to help you lead better, lead longer, and enjoy it more. Welcome to all of you uh, listening and watching today for, uh, uh, to Leading from Alignment. This is episode 117, and uh, you'll notice that my co-host Jim Wiegand is not with us this morning. Jim is on the road today, and uh, I know that you love Jim. I love Jim. I miss him, but uh, he'll be back with us in episode 118. But we do have a special guest with us today, uh, Dr. Ralph Maver. Ralph was with us last week uh, talking about church revitalization, such an incredibly important topic. And um, uh, if you want to listen to that, you can always find uh, that in our series of pods. That's pod 116. But today I, I invited Ralph back because I wanted to open up to those of you who are listening and watching today a conversation that Ralph and I had probably four, five, six weeks ago. And it was such a fascinating conversation to me personally, I thought I've got to have Ralph on the podcast because what, what we want to talk with you about today is this whole concept of getting pastors ready for the season outside of the four walls of a church, getting them ready for retirement, uh, getting them ready for that next season. And so Ralph, um, welcome back to the podcast. Thanks for spending some time with us today. Well, thank you. It's wonderful to be back with you, John. So, Ralph, tell us about this this new initiative, this this idea that you and I unpacked together on the on a call several weeks ago uh, about pastors and retirement and this whole idea. And I know that's kind of a broad question, but just kind of unpack yeah. this, what's going on in your yeah. world, what's going on in your mind as it relates yeah. to us. Yeah. Well, this is something that's been percolating for about 10 years with my wife and I. Mm. Um, it started with a conversation I had with a mentor, a businessman, when I turned 30 years of age. Mm. He took me out on a birthday dinner, lunch, and I said, uh, Wayne, can you, can, you give me, can you download some wisdom for me? Mm. And uh, give, me a, give me a wisdom dump here. And he, he said... Uh, he said, Ralph, it's 20 minutes to 50. And I said, 20 minutes to 50? What do you mean? He goes, Ralph, it's going to go by so fast, you're not going to even recognize. You're going to wake up one day, and you're going to be 50 years of age. And I thought to myself, wow, man, that, that's, that's, that's pretty heavy. Yeah. He said, yes, it is heavy, and you need to have a clear direction where you're going to be, where you're going. So I turned 50 and I called Wayne. <laughs> Wayne, you were so right. Those 20 years just flew by. He said, yep. I said, do you have any more wisdom? He said, yes, I do. What's that? It's 10 minutes to 70. Mm. And I just like, oh my gosh, you're crazy. <laughs> well, I'm 68 and a half and I'm telling you it was 10 minutes to yeah. 70. Mm. And, um, uh, and I, I saw something that happened when I was uh, in my late 50s. 
I, I would inch up to 60 and, uh, and I thought to myself, I'm not ready. Uh, I'm not ready for what's next. And I had, I had some moments of panic mm. and, uh, but the panic, uh, helped spur me on to thinking about what was going to be next. Mm. And, um, uh, and so, uh, my wife and I have talked a lot about this in the last 10 years. And, uh, we feel like that, uh, this, this process, and, and let me, let me also say, and back up working in this situation now where I'm leading church revitalization, I am watching many, many, many pastors who are in their 60s, 70s, and even 80s who have no off-ramp. Hmm. And now they have no idea what to do. And so they just stay at what they're doing. They exhaust themselves. And finally, something happens. Usually it's a medical issue yeah. that requires them to have to step down. The church is becomes, oh, I, how, how can I say this? The church declines at such a rapid pace because they're only reaching people their own age. So yeah. I've got a number of churches right now that are running 14, 15 people, and all of them are in their, their 80s. Yeah. And, uh, and all they're doing is attempting to keep the doors open for the dear pastor and his wife. Right. So it's a, it's a crisis right now in mm. the church. It's a huge crisis because nobody prepared them for the off-ramp. Yeah. And that has implications, not just for them, but it has implications for the church they serve. That's absolutely. what I, I oh, hear you absolutely. saying. In fact, in fact, we in California, and of course, this is all over the country, but in California, real estate is so expensive. What we see is pastors that come in and want to help the pastor or somebody who wants to help the pastor, they eventually get them out, sell the property, give it to their favorite charity, which is them. Mm -hmm. And, uh, uh, and we we're losing millions of dollars in real estate right now. And mm -hmm. it's happening all over the country. Wow. So, I mean, it just begs, this begs for a better plan, oh, right? It, uh, it does. It uh, does. A real strategy. You know, what are some of the reasons, Ralph, pastors tend to shy away from thinking about retirement? Well, I, I you, you, you asked, you, you, you gave me that question. I've been thinking a lot about that question. And I, I think there are, there are several contributing factors. One is our society in America abhors aging. Mm. We mitigate it. Wow. We stick our, <laughs> well, New York's a good example. What happened to all the old people? They, they wouldn't take them into the hospitals. They stayed there and COVID spread. Mm. I, I think that's just a, a, a picture of what has happened in our nation. And so we, uh, I've I worked with a lot of our Chinese, our Asian churches, Korean churches, they venerate the aged. Mm. But in America, I worked, I worked at 
in Hollywood for 10 years. And if you were 35, you were old. Mm. And, uh, and I saw a microcosm of a society that literally at, at best mitigates the aged. Okay. And yet these are some of the most powerful years a man or a woman can have in yeah. life, but they don't realize it. Yeah. So I think, I think to answer your question, the culture has something to do with it. Okay. The other thing is that we have this idea that if I'm called to be a pastor, then I'm going to die as a pastor. It's interesting. If you look in the Old Testament, hmm. priests were required to retire at the age of 50. Yeah, that's fascinating. Yeah. You, I mean, at 50, peace out. You're gone. <laughs> and uh, you, you no longer serve. Hmm. Uh, and, and so biblically, uh, we, we have it. And then there are some theological things that fit in, like Jesus is coming again. So, yeah. you know, the second coming. And so uh, why even prepare? Right. But it happens. And when it does and you're not ready, it's a real shocker. Yeah. That was the, uh, that was the, the uh, thought process that was offered to me as a young pastor you don't. You shouldn't worry about retirement. Jesus is coming back. Um, don't be selfish. That thinking about retirement is selfish. It's it's carnal. Uh, and I think those are some of the those are some of the thoughts that run across the minds of pastors. Or what you said earlier, like I've got plenty of time for this. I've got plenty of time. But both you and I know how fast those years go. And you get busy with work, you get busy right. raising kids, right. uh, and you're not thinking about the future. And uh, so, yeah, it, um, so it, this, this issue, I think, is um, not only serious for the pastor and his family, it is serious for the long-term health and viability of churches. Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. Let me tell you who really suffers from this. It's the pastor's wife. Mm. Yeah. Guidestone, which is a huge retirement plan for the Southern Baptist Convention, has a whole section devoted to just helping pastors' wives whose husbands have passed, their widows, because their husband didn't prepare for them. Yeah. And, and, and they're now just trying to make it on their own financially and they're not prepared for it. And yeah. to me that that's horrible. Yes. That you would leave your wife in that kind of a state. But we don't think about that in our younger years. Right. So Ralph, is the is the initiative that you're working on and dreaming up, is it solely focused on the financial aspect of retirement or is there more to it? No, there's much more to it. Much more to it. And and I believe uh, I, I believe we have we we have not given ourselves permission as pastors to creatively think about all the things that we could do in retirement yeah. that would be a blessing to humanity, yes, as well as ourselves. 
And uh, look, look at you. I mean, here you are, you're coaching, you're, you're doing something that you can do in your 70s and 80s. I mean, yes. you can continue to do coaching. Uh, and, and there are so many things that pastors could do uh, after they step down from the formal leadership role. Right. And let me say, you don't leave the church, but you leave a former leadership role in the church. Right. And you learn how to pass the baton to the next generation. Yes. And we, we, have, not, we have not taught that which is so critical to understand how to pass the baton so that the church thrives yep. and does not die. Yeah. Uh, I, and I, I think I could do an entire pot and I'm, we may do an entire podcast on that subject. Um, it, it, the, the idea of good transition, healthy transition, passing the baton, you think about a relay race, Ralph, the most important part of a relay race is the handoff. Yep. Yep. And you, you've seen this, I've seen this, where the handoff has been bad, it's been poor, and the loss of momentum, the loss of people, the loss of resources, the loss of respect in the community that comes because we didn't do a good job transitioning. It, it, it is, that is bothering me, and I, I don't mean this to be my bully pulpit today, but that is bothering me more and more as I see that, because it's totally preventable. Yes, yes. And it should bother us. It should bother everyone. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So I was thinking, wouldn't it be awesome, you know, if, if a pastor gets to a certain age and he's, you know, and it's time to to shift into a new season that one, they have the financial preparation to give them the freedom to do that. Right. And secondly, uh, I, I, I think they are a treasure trove of help to young oh, leaders. Think yes. about think about the the impact that they could have on the health of the local church Absolutely. if they were free to be able to do that. Absolutely, I I have a a, a, a cadre of consultants here in the state, and many of them are retired pastors mm -hmm. that we use to connect to younger pastors. To help them, yeah. and uh, let, let me let me go back and talk a little bit about preparation. I think, and Erwin McManus taught me this. Erwin, Erwin is a, uh, of course, he's unique. Everybody knows that he's mm -hmm. one of a kind. But he taught me something, and that is that pastoring is not the only thing that you can do in life. Yeah. There are so many other things that you can do. And he is a, he's an entrepreneur. He's a, a fashion designer. He is a filmmaker. I mean, he's, a, he, he's an author. He does so many different things. And I realized that in my ministry and in, in my early days, I had this one focus. I can only do one thing. And if I do anything else, then I am somehow forsaking my call to the gospel. Mm. But that's not true. I mean, there's so many other things that you can do in life. Yeah. And it and it and it well rounds a pastor sure. to have other interests that are just outside 
of just preaching on Sunday morning. Yeah. And it makes you more of a human being. Yes. And, uh, and, 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 and it makes you able to relate more to the people that you serve. hundred percent. And, uh, my, my son, I'm, I'm so proud of him. He, he took over the church that we started, but he, uh, he is a part of a transformational training team and he's so good in the room and, and, and he makes good money at it. And, uh, and, and I, 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 I think, man, people have so many different giftings and abilities that they're just, if they would just get out of their myopic focus of, yeah. I can only do this, but just open up the opportunity of what else could I do? Yeah. I found myself at 64, uh, God had pulled Pam and I out of uh, working at Mosaic. We knew our time was done. We left on great terms with with Irwin and with Mosaic, and uh, uh, and I was I had this job lined up and it fell through, hmm. and it was a denominational job, and I remember uh, I had a mentor and he took a we took a walk, and I I was freaking out sixty four hmm. I'm too old I can't do anything. He said, Ralph, let me tell you, tell you something that you need right now. And I was waiting for something spiritual. He said, Ralph, what you need is a J-O-B. <laughs> I need a job. And all of a sudden, it, it hit me. I don't have to just do church stuff. And, and so I opened and broadened my, my scope. And it was so interesting. If I hadn't gotten this job, I had several other opportunities to work in development in raising funds for some national, big national corporations. Well, how did I learn to do that? I was a pastor. You have to learn how to raise money. If you don't yeah. know how to raise money, you're not a pastor. Right. I mean, there were some, and all of a sudden I realized, oh, there are so many other things I can do. Yeah. And and so I, I think the question is not what could you do, what could you not do? Mm. I mean, what other opportunities really good. are out there? I'm talking to one pastor right now. He loves to paint. He and he's a detailed painter. Uh, he doesn't do people. He does. And so I, I told him. I said, "Did you realize you can monetize your painting?" Yeah. He said, "What do you mean?" He said, "People are always looking." for someone to paint the family homestead. Yeah. You could you could put that out there and you could make good money doing that, doing something like that. There are so many things that a that a person can do. Yeah. And Ralph, I appreciate that so much that you've you've kind of widened that that thought process for us because I do believe that there is this idea that's prevalent that you know somehow pastoral ministry is the only thing you can do. If God's called you, it's the only thing you can do. It's the, it's somehow uh, a higher calling than being a painter, a higher calling than uh, working for a corporation. I, I disagree with that 100%. I, here's how I've kind of figured it out in my own life. And I don't know if this would make sense to you or not. I, I do believe that there is this calling on my life that has a pastoral flair or piece yeah. to it. 
Right, right. But it can be expressed and it has been expressed in a variety of contexts. I spent, Absolutely. I spent Absolutely. Yeah, 20 years in the corporate world uh, learning a new trade, learning IT. I got my first IT job, Ralph, and uh, people asked me, did you have a degree in that? I said, no, I didn't know anything. <laughs> but I learned a new trade. And what I also discovered in that setting, I did so much. One was that God was still using me in the lives of people. That's right. People somehow were drawn to me and they wanted to tell me about their marriage or I'm having problems with my kids. I don't know what I want to do with my life. I've got addiction issues and they would just find me. And I found that I was actually, I was pastoring, but it was in a totally different setting. Um, so I don't know if that resonates with you at all, but that's kind of how I've experienced it in my, yes. in my life. And it's it's interesting because, you know, we, we kind of glob, glib over the fact that Paul was a, a tent maker. Yeah. We, we just kind of, oh, yeah, he was a tent maker. That, that got him through a hard spot so he could really do what he was called to do. Well, no, I think he was called to be a tent maker at that point mm -hmm. because it opened up so many doors for the gospel. Yes. If you're a tent maker and you're sharing Christ with people who are entrepreneurs and in manufacturing, you have now a platform to be able to share Christ. Yeah. And I, I, I watched that with, with Irwin. Uh, he is reaching people I could never reach as a fashion designer. Right. And, and he's touching people with the gospel that I could never reach. And there are people out there, your listeners, that have abilities that if they, if they use them, teaching. I mean, yeah. pastors are teachers. You can teach at a college level. You could teach in a high school level. There's so many places where using your gifts to be able to bless other people and bring the gospel. Yeah. It's, it's, and it just gets me excited thinking about the possibilities. And, uh, and I hope that our listeners are, are sensing some of that, some hope, right? But hey, there are other things down the road that I can, I can be doing. So, so Ralph, as we kind of bring this to, I, I did want to ask you this question, and then I want to, uh, then I want to ask you one more. So two questions okay, left. Sure. So if I'm a lead pastor, let's say I'm a lead pastor and I haven't talked to my staff about retirement, you know, like we just don't, that conversation has never come up. How, how do I, as a lead pastor, start that conversation with my staff even? How do I talk to them about retirement? How do I, where do I begin? You do a staff reading. When I worked with Irwin, we always had a book. Mm. Okay. okay. We always had a book. And I did this with the staff here when I first came. We read the book Necessary Endings by Henry Cloud. Oh, great book. Necessary Endings, I think, is a great way to have a conversation with your staff. Mm. And they read it, have them watch, have the pastor's wives read it too. I, I would I would take that book 
And I would use that as a tool to begin to have the discussion. And then um, I, I think the other thing, I, it took me 30 years to find the right financial advisor. Hmm. And uh, I, I think doing your homework to find a good financial advisor is, is really, really important. And it should be done early. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, but, but I would, I would, uh, uh, and, and I'd, I'd bring in somebody like that just to talk to the staff. That's a good idea. And uh, so I do the reading. I do that. And then, and then offer planning. And I'm, I'm realizing that this is a, there is financial planning, but this is something that I am, my wife and I feel like this is something probably in our later years, well, we're doing it right now, we're starting to develop the kind of coaching that can help someone begin to open their eyes to all the possibilities of what, of what they could do. Yeah. Um, So I, I, I think that what we've are covering today, what we've talked about today is, is absolutely critical on so many levels. And uh, Ralph, thank you for carving time out of your schedule to, to talk to those, of uh in our network who listen and watch this podcast um if somebody wanted to reach out to you for more information on this particular item what would be the best way for them to do that uh they can uh they can reach me you know i'm gonna i'm gonna give my gmail uh email address okay because uh, this one, I think, uh, but it's Ralph Neighbor, R-A-L-P-H-N-E-I-G-H-B-O-U-R at gmail.com. Okay. And, uh, and if they're interested, I, I would be more than glad to entertain a conversation. And um, uh, because I, I, just, I just think this is so important right now. Yeah. Well, Ralph, thank you for your, your generosity and with your time and, and for even giving your email address out to, to those who might want to reach out to you and, and get started down this pathway. If you're listening and watching, watching today, you know that we always try to bring subjects and presenters and, and guests uh, to this podcast uh, to help you in, in practical ways. We're nothing if we're not practical. And uh, we hope that today you found some uh, real practical thought processes and action steps that you can take to get started. So we want to say both of Ralph and I want to say, get started now. Yes. Uh, Don't wait. Get started now. Uh, Now is the day. And uh, we're here to support you. If uh, you want to reach out to us here at Converge Coaching, we want to help you uh, as well uh, in any way that we possibly can. Our heart is to help you lead better, lead longer and enjoy it more. And uh, so if you'd like to reach out to us, uh, you can do that simply by going to our website, convergecoach.com and select the contact us link. And that will put you in touch with us, uh, our team, and we'd be happy to entertain a conversation with you. So thanks again, uh, Ralph, for being with us. Uh, Really appreciate the uh, opportunity to have you on the podcast. And we want to say thanks to all of you who listen and watch every week. We love you. We're praying for you. And we continue to cheer for you as you lead from alignment.